Let me get on the right page for the sound drops and we should be good to go. As you know, I'll mess them up at some point because that's kind of my jam. Yeah, mate, that's, that's, that's the plan. <laughs> Jesus Perfect. Christ. What page Great start. Oh, I thought I'd pre- press bank too. That's the right one. Good job. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's been a week off, but I'm finally back. Thank God. It's Griff. It's Tony. It's another week of the Beer Engine Podcast. Our Iron Man streak has... Uh, come to an end. Uh, well, we've had a few of them lately. Um, unlike some shows, which record uh, the normal amount of times, three times a month, the official normal <laughs> amount of times of a month, you should do something. Uh, this one just goes all out once a week most of the time. But sometimes, you know, you get you're in Brazil and your boss says, oh, actually, can you come to Chicago on Monday? Even though you get home from Brazil on Saturday, and you're like, all right, I guess. And then you're, and then you're, you know, you go from 85 degrees in sunny Brazil to 18 degrees punching you in the face, Chicago, Tony. It's awful. Did you miss that 18 degree weather that you used to mm-hmm. live in and have to suffer through? Did you miss it just no. a little bit? Not even. It was so miserable, dude, just on the first day. It got better after that, but it was like, we went. I went to dinner with some friends I managed to catch up with, and um, well, th- uh, many of you might know actually our our, uh, our friend and listener uh, Tyler joined up with us, and Tom and Kyle um, had some beers, drank some um, some Pilsner, and ate smash burgers. Pretty good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you go outside from there, and you're like, "Fuck!" You know, just like right in the in the face is the worst part. Everything else you can kind of cover up. You know, the face really gets you. Yeah. Now, Chicago, I always associate with a Smashburger. I know it's not the home of the Smashburger or whatever, but there are some iconic Smashburger places, especially with that really lacy edge as kind of a Chicago yeah. deal. How would you rate these Smashburgers? I don't know where you got them from, but how would you sort of rate them in your matrix? These were good. Um, it was almost a little too thin for me. Really? Um, yeah, it was really, really, really smashed. Um, but I liked all the toppings. The sauce was good and the burger beef did taste really good. So I would, I would have maybe even made it slightly more meaty because, uh, you, you're kind of treading the line between being a burger and being like a Frico. So um, I like the Frico slash burger thing where it's like, I, I need a little bit of meatiness in there. I, I like Culver's or Freddy's. Freddy's can get some pretty thin, but at least there's like, you kind of, detecting burgerness to it. This was good. It, it was still had enough of that, but it was teetering on the edge. It was from a place called D6, which just kind of reconcepted a little bit. Um, funny thing is with Chicago burgers, Tony, actually smash burgers are maybe not the, they're hot right now, but we're not the original type of burger you would eat a lot in Chicago. It's no, these um, charbroil. They put them yeah. on the, um, the fire there and uh, Portillo's. Makes one of my all-time favorite ones still. I know it's a big chain, but that Portillo's charbroiled burger. Is that going to be a breakout chain at any point, or are they just going to stay like a a Chicago land favorite? 
I mean, they they have places in Arizona, uh, Florida, uh, California, Wisconsin, but just haven't popped up here yet. I think it's only a matter of time until yeah. we have it in more places. They just got bought by venture capital, so okay. I suspect they will be spreading far and wide. Would be my be my best guess. But um, yeah, uh, Chicago is cold. Um, How's Vegas? You know, I, Brazil- I know you're only spending minutes in Vegas, and then we'll get to Brazil. It's perfect here. This is the best weather. Um, it's it's sixty five degrees and sunny every day, or seventy degrees and sunny every day. It's wonderful. Yep, sounds um, delightful. I don't want to go too deep into our Brazil trip right now. Maybe okay. it'll kind of come up more organically. Yep. But I do want to say, gang, that the Brazil beer scene does kick ass. Really? Um, and what that'll come up? Yes, wonderful beer scene in Brazil, and hopefully that'll come across in our beers and lagers of the week. Um, because they were absolutely popping off uh, down there. And the EAP, the, the beer shop I went to, was among the best I've been to in the world. A truly lovely beer shop with Cantillon Nath uh, on draft, with uh, side pour lagers. Ran into the owner, gave him a silver stamp sticker. We slapped it on the wall together. He said he was going to be in Vegas in May, so let's see if uh, let's see if we run into this fella again. Understand? <laughs> but if you if you're in Brazil, uh, go get some craft some nice beers. I hate the phrase craft beer, but get some good beer, as it is widely uh, available, and there's a bunch of breweries around too. So okay, get, I get hate there and do it. I hate the phrase craft beer as well. But what else? What other term do we use? Because like I I I get it as well. I I really don't like the term but how do you distinguish that from mass market swill i'm not even talking I mass know. market beers really um but like i think it's just good and at this point it's just good and bad right i mean some stuff tastes good and some stuff tastes bad um it's all you know the fact the the thing we don't the reason we don't like goose island anymore or not as much isn't because they got bought by big multinational corporations because that happened and then their beer isn't tasting very good. True. Very um, true. You know, Boulevard got bought by Duval. I know that that's a little different, but their beer still tastes good. Um, yeah. So we're good with it. But so, yeah, if you make it, I think it's just you make it good or you don't. And um, Brazil is down there. Um, they're making it well for sure. It's really good. So, gang, if you're into that um, and if you love sitting in traffic for just hours forever, <laughs> Um, it's a great, great place to go. Three hours to get to the airport, Tony. It, it was uh, 19 miles. So you're used to Chicago traffic. This is a whole nother level. This is worse than LA. I've never experienced anything like this. Wow. This is worse than, I would say this is the worst in, it, it's right there with Mexico City is like worst in the Americas, I would say. Um, it's like 12 and a half, it's like a New York and a half, the population there. So um, yep. it's, it's really quite large. So and everybody is driving around all the time. Whereabouts were you in Brazil? We didn't actually mention the city. Just just in Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo. Yep. Very very large, very very large city. Um, and yep. uh, everyone was very anxious that I was going to get kidnapped. I did not get kidnapped. I think there's actually a better chance I get kidnapped this week in Washington D.C. while I'm gawking at the fucking Pizza Gate restaurant or something. Are um, you going to go and get pizza? Because um. <laughs> uh, I might go play some ping pong and maybe get a small cheese. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking, thinking small cheese, right, Tony? Is that the one I want? 
that is the one you want to uh, get, to get the uh, conspiracy theorists back up. But um, I'm, I'm going to go in there with my weapon. Didn't that guy go in there and blast yeah. a hole in the fridge or something? Yeah, or a with closet the or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah, because like this is the thing. This was some random local business owner just owning a decent pizza chain. From what I hear, like nothing outstanding, nothing. Nothing yeah, just like a fine it. pizza place. Yeah. That, uh, like some, some politicians go to because it's close. Yes. <laughs> and the White House would occasionally order from it. And it's like, then they get this conspiracy theory about it. And that's why conspiracies are dangerous. Pizzagate's one of my favorites. It's, it's, uh, yeah. it's great. I'm not staying very close to the Pizzagate place, but I, um, I do want to check it out just out of absolute, just, just for the sake of taking a fucking Instagram selfie. That's it. That's all I really want. Now, are you concerned if you're there when Trump gets arrested? If I say when, but this is a big if. Trump gets arrested. Yeah, I love that bit. I mean, if listen, if um, if Trump gets arrested, I will eat. I will eat my hat, gang. Um, But maybe. Uh, Am I afraid of being in D.C. during this? Not really. Uh, isn't that isn't that being more of a um, New York New York situation? He's not really taking up residence in D.C. at this point, so no. It's either going to be. A I don't New know York if it would make a lot of sense because hasn't he been talking shit about like the New York Attorney General or yeah, whatever? And, Elvin Bragg. Yeah, that's 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 who he's trying to go after. I, I'm not too worried about it. Okay. Yeah, I'm more worried about his opponent, uh, his his future opponent, uh, putting old putting Ron here. Tony, have you heard about putting Ron? I hadn't until you mentioned it, and I'm I'm still trying to find a photo of this. Um, oh no, he he did not do it on camera. Oh. Sadly, uh, so there's been some chatter over. This is from Vanity Fair. Chatter over DeSantis's public engagement has surfaced, passed on flattering stories about his social skills, particularly his propensity to devour food during meetings. He would sit in meetings and eat in front of people, a former DeSantis staffer told the Daily Beast. Always like a starving animal who has never eaten before, getting shit everywhere. Enshrined in DeSantis lore, this is really digging for stuff to hate about Ron DeSantis. It's really not hard to do, to hate the guy. You don't have to do shit like this. But anyways, it's funny. Enshrined in DeSantis lore is an episode from four years ago. During a private plane trip from Tallahassee to Washington, D.C. in March of 2019, DeSantis enjoyed a chocolate pudding dessert by eating it with three of his fingers, according to two sources familiar with the incident. So they corroborated this pudding situation. Um, all, all I can say about it is it's funny. Yeah. Uh, this is funny, but, I mean, I just don't think... It's the idea that we have to dig around for, like, you know what's fucked up about this guy? He eats pudding with his family. Like, everything's fucked up about this guy, including mostly his horrible beliefs and policies. Yes. Yep. But um, the pudding thing, I guess, is hilarious. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's just like, it's just going to be Trump fodder for a debate or something. Like, this is a man that went to Yale, graduated mm-hmm. at the top of his class, went on to become a Navy SEAL, and then doesn't think, I've got no cutlery, let's just tip it in. Nope, we're going three-year-old, we're going, well, not three-year-old, 18-month-old, just jamming the hands in the pudding. Like, you can you can tip it up. Pudding will pour. It's a better option. Yeah, you, just, you can just drink it, drink the pudding. Yeah. I mean, 
first of all, chocolate pudding is not really something anyone over 18 should be eating, is it? Hey, don't be shaming chocolate pudding. It's just mousse without the air. No, you're right. You're right. I was thinking about that the other day because when I was in Brazil, I got creme de papaya, which is a famous dessert there. Yep. And uh, I was like, oh, this is just fucking airy pudding. And I was like, oh, it's just a mousse. Okay, cool. <laughs> so <laughs> it was good. But no, you're right. I um, I do remember working with someone, working with a, a woman who did not understand the difference between pudding and yogurt. Really? She thought they were, she thought they were the same level of health. But they're, um, okay, they're in the same container, but that's like saying a Coke and a sparkling water is the same. Or a sparkling water and a fucking 10% stout is the same. Just because they're in the same packaging doesn't mean they're the same thing. And I wouldn't be shocked to hear that anyone thought that that (laughs) Coke and sparkling water were the same. Um, (laughs) I I know people who think they are getting fat by just drinking carbonated drinks. (laughs) It's one of my favorite bits. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting fat because I'm drinking all these fizzy bubbles. Like, oh. Yeah, that's probably it. Maybe I need um, to cut out more fizzy water because that's all I drink is yeah. fizzy water. No flavors in it, but I drink a shit ton of not the, it's not, it. It can't be the sugar. Uh, not be the sugar. Nah, that's sugar. Um, that's empty calories. Yeah. Well, Ron DeSantis, we're going to be talking about him for the next few years, um, I'm sure, because he will either be the president or he will be running for president. Yeah. Now, that's which cool one? Which one do you have more dread about? The devil we know or the devil we know even more? Because we pretty much know right. the monster that is DeSantis, but we also know the, the fucktard that uh, has a loyal yeah. following that is Trump. My dad would probably say um, this, he would probably go with DeSantis just because he's sort of the he, – um, he just thinks Trump is so stupid. Yep. But I also think this guy is stupid. I think he's just a different type of stupid. And he's also way more dangerous. That, um, there's a chance he could actually achieve some of yeah. his awful shit. So that's, that's maybe the scarier, scarier part to me. Yep. DeSantos um, is far more politically savvy, and that is hugely scary, I think, at least from an outsider's point of view. They both have awful, worse. awful opinions, but um, DeSantos is far more politically savvy, and, uh, yeah, that that's a scary, scary thought. Florida's all fucked up, too. I, I don't know why there's this belief that, like, Florida's doing great all the time. I don't I don't know what – I don't know what anyone's, like, looking at Florida and saying, like, you know, that could really be an ideal situation for us. I, I um, It is all fucked up. The schools are all jacked. Um, everyone's acting like they ha- – everyone's uh, saying woke every five minutes there. Uh, it's it's real, really bad down there. <laughs> well, speaking about woke, let's get into the wokest sport of them all, the XFL. Oh, yes. Not, yes, it's not time college for the Groups XFL recap. Yep. Give it to us, buddy. Oh. All right, Tony. Well, let's start right off the bat on the XFL website where I do have some big news. I am able to locate one score. One? On the website. Well, that's a start. I think, I think maybe this game... Did this game happen today? Is this why I can see the score? Um, no, it was just the most recent game they played. So they're right on the top now. They have the XFL Game Center, and it tells me that the Arlington Renegades have uh, defeated the San Antonio Brahmas 
12 to 10 in a real barn burner there. Um, that fourth quarter that must have been dynamite. Uh, it was 0-0, zero, zero. yeah. So it was just the second half, six points scored in the second half, just really holding on for dear life there. Um, I, I do still have to go to ESPN.com to find the rest of the scores where I could tell you that uh, the Vegas Vipers, uh, I think, won their first game. They did. They beat the... The Guardians, the DC Guardians, is that what? No, it's DC Defenders. Something, the something Guardians. Um, Orlando, that's who it is. Uh, the Vipers beat Orlando 35 to 32. Now, there's a fun one, Tony. Yep. Uh, and beat him at Cashman Field, a home win for the Vipers. Uh, the, the DC Defenders took on the St. Louis Battlehawks in St. Louis. And AJ McCarron couldn't save them as the defenders uh, won twenty eight to twenty, and also Seattle beat Arlington twenty one to fourteen, and that is all of the scores. Now I know you're wondering, but but Griff, how many words were in the fucking recap for the week? You- Tony, the answer to that is three thousand six hundred and sixty nine. Oh, sixty nine! I like what he did there. Nice yeah. work, buddy. So, just to finalize, I, I just want to read the conclusion of this recap because it, it does... You tell me if this is euphemistic in nature. Uh, with five weeks left in the regular season, uh, those Justin-based teams, I think he must mean they have a team, their, their game is, or their team as an important Justin. They will need a tremendous charge to be playing on the final week of April. Meantime, D.C. is starting to look like a lock in the north as they continue to pile up rushing yards. The question becomes which pursuers, St. Louis or Seattle, will join them in the postseason. Out of the south, Houston and Arlington are in great shape. No one's officially out of it yet. The fat lady hasn't sung, but she's in the dressing room gargling in places like San Antonio, Vegas, and Orlando. Now, Tony, I know I'm nasty, but that made me think the fat lady was uh, blowing the players. Well, you see, they used to. Well, he is still a famous commentator, but he hasn't uh, commentated for a few years now and uh, has some mental health issues. Uh, Rex Hunt that used to use that as kind of his catchphrase that the fat lady was singing, and they or they're warming up and gargling. So I didn't go to the disgusting place, but it does feel like he hacked that bit from Rex Hunt. Whether he has or not, I don't know, but. Uh, what I think has happened is he's gone into chat GPT, fed in the results, and then just said, write me a 3,000-word essay. And that's what's it, been it very out. well could be. And I will point out that if you would like to see the scores of the game, you can go into the recap and eventually see the score for each game um, if you scroll for, for a while. <laughs> um, so you will eventually find out who who won each game. Um, all right. Well, I'm sorry. I'm gross, Tony. I, you know what? I see you. Somebody goes back in the locker room and starts gargling. I'm thinking Nancy Reagan. You know, she's getting back. She's getting back there, looking for some 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 of these football players, huh? No? Yeah, I reckon she could gargle. I think so. Um, all right. That's all the banter I can come up with today. Why don't we go in and do our uh, some of our stuff from our Discord, huh? Let me. 
I hit the wrong button. Yeah. I apologise. You knew yeah. it was my thing. Oh. I said it in the intro that I was going to fuck it up, and I did. This is the worst. This is the hardest one to find every time, the Discord one. Well, I actually had – I hit the screen rather than the button. What a dickhead. I'm out of practice. Oh, my God. What an Aussie, what an Aussie beer babble this week. Um, Nick Torque said Future Mountain is hit the end of the road. They're closing yep. up, um, but it's, it seems like based on context clues, they will still be distributing beer. Yeah, it's really weird to work out. They're, they're closing the tap room as each brewer, one's headed to the north of Victoria, one's headed to my neck of the woods, but they're still going to continue to operate, but no tap room, but no presence, whether they're just going to be gypsy brewers and blenders, I don't couldn't really gather that. Um, I was kind of confused by what was going on there. Do you care for this beer? Is this beer that, that you all like down there? Yeah. it's See, it was one of the few places that was actually doing something different. They had a lot of barrels. It was a huge barrel program. Their beer was, oh, that's right. was solid. It was, it was nothing earth-shattering, don't get me wrong, but when you're doing something different in the market, I think they're the guys that you want to stick around, uh, especially with La Serene uh, being closed at that point. Uh, they were especially important. Now, we've, that was the other news that Nick posted up, that La Serene looked like they've reopened their tap room, and that's, that's exciting news. for me. Those are good, those are good beers uh, that, they make, that they make over there. Yep. Um, we've even gotten a few of them up here. So. Uh, oh, why can't I think of the... Uh, Shit, there's another sour brewery that we get out here from you guys. Why can't I piece I together what the name of it is? Fuck if I um, know. <laughs> uh, oh, man, now I'm going to have to look this up and figure out who it is. But there is some farmhouse beer that we get up here that's from Australia. Okay. Anyways, uh, Future Mountain <clears throat> does have a good untap rating for a brewery, 3.85. Yeah, they do the beers. So that's why we're um, kind of disappointed. Yeah, I, I immediately I saw Mountain. And I said, "Oh shit, is that Mountain Culture?" But it's it's <laughs> no. not. They're they're hanging around because I like them. All right, uh, on to the beer chat where Nick Torque has been uh, grinding away at it uh, over the last couple weeks. I know uh, I'm not going to go. We don't have to go through every single thing. I did want to point out though that I took some awesome and delicious looking pictures of Brazilian beer in here. So um, yeah, the Froenfeld uh, lager here was amazing. And this Trilla, Trilha Melon Rise Hazy IPA, very yummy. Uh, just to run down some of, uh, oh, a PMAC. I want to talk about PMAC, who, um, who went to a Carwin Cellars sale and uh, bought a few things here. So, Tony, you can probably break down some of this. I'm familiar with the Cascade. That's some... Um, that's some Washington beer, or Portland beer, sorry, right yep. there. Uh, and we've got some other should, stuff here. It should be known that PMAC did offer at the time that, that – he not offer, he let me know the sale was going on and uh, they were having a sale on all their single bottles. But I just couldn't afford any at the time. But thank you, PMAC, for the heads up because we all know the uh, extreme range that uh, Carwin actually stock and he made some mighty fine choices. I'm just trying to – there we go. Um, I 
I can't speak cool. to any of the bottles he's got, but I can certainly speak to once more into the fray. I had that at um, the Deeds 10-year anniversary, and that was a really solid beer from what I remember. It wasn't my highlight of the day, but, but definitely a um, really, really nice um, Deeds barrel-aged stout. If I remember correctly, had a lot to drink that day. Uh, Three Ravens is always um, solid, but I haven't had darker motives. That is not one that arrived at my local bottle shop. However, their peanut butter um, stout, which I think I talked about a little while ago, the barrel age version of that has just arrived at um, my local bottle shop, and I did pick one up. I think it ran me 24, 25 bucks but I think it's definitely worth it. Uh, I also wanted to throw out uh, W2s here. Went to Great Notion, which is a great, great place to go yep. uh, in Seattle there. And uh, uh, actually made a comment here that despite our opinion on flights, there's no way I would want more than five ounces of beers of these beers like PB and Jammy or Blueberry Muffin. And I do agree with that. Some beers like that, especially beers that Great Notion makes are meant be drank in a small uh, a vessel. Uh, now, whether I agree that you'd have to get them in a flight container or flight box, I don't know. I, I do order small pours. I just usually don't order them all at once. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, that's, a, that's uh, a crazy lineup he's got sitting this there. Size, yeah, right. There's some colorful beers in here from, from W2s. Um, so we got a few other breweries here from Nick Torque. Let's just run some of these down. Uh, 116 of 135 was sore like a quail at the Brumfeld, Brumfield Estate near Seville. Uh, yep. We had, oh, and also shout out to Max Allotment who had went to Two Tides Brewing, which is a becoming a very, very popular brewery here in the States. So I have heard of them, and the, this hazy IPA with Citra and Sabra did look amazing. Uh, and then Nick headed over to Co-Conspirators Brewing in Brunswick, which has a food truck, drank some hazy IPA and Czech Pilsner. Very cool. Oh, smoked cola. Now that's fun. I would absolutely try smoked cola, Tony. I've had that beer. It's, it's, it was a little artificial, I think. If, okay. If it's, right. if it's the same uh, brew as the one I had. Co-Conspirators, oh. they're a middle-of-the-road brew for me. They've never really blown me away. All right. Uh, 118 was Inner North Brewing, uh, and the interesting thing about this was that uh, somebody with an oiled mustache turned up on a penny farthing, uh, which is quite funny. You are in Brunswick. Uh, I, saw, I saw a penny farthing recently. I forget where I was, though. Um, 119 was Foreigner Brewing in Brunswick, just ordinary. Whoops. And there's a big dog. Then PMAC made it to Mountain Culture. That's a dub. That is... And a mountain culture uh, looks exactly like it should look for mine. It does. It looks beautiful. I love it. Yep. Um, I guess they're playing Metallica and Pantera, so that's pretty sweet. Max Allotment drinking some Tonewood Dark Mild. What a great, what a great beer. That sounds like I want that. And you're just showing um, off. Yep. I was showing off some Tommy CF, some kick ass Dutch mixed firm. Beer, uh, Max was exactly right. I should have toasted him there. Uh, Griff's Drunk Uncle back out here, uh, drinking Drake's Highland Hazy by Batson. Batson. Batson River Brewing. All right. Looks pretty hazy. Looks pretty solid. 
Nick, uh, 120 was Bonfire Station Homestead. Uh, pretty sweet. Integrity. Um, and then he just keeps going. Where did we end up here? He went to the uh, west. And he of tried Melbourne. to get into the west of Melbourne where he was going to get seven or eight places over the weekend. He did. Re- he did take the total number of breweries up to one forty-one. There's another six venues he's got to go to. One forty-two. Sorry. So Love Shack Brewing, Red Duck in Ballarat, uh, Auntie Jack's, Marzen with a side of Brief Cracklings, um, and then here's W Tudes who did make me pass out about because this guy ordered every beer on the menu at mic at microphone. <laughs> I don't know how the fuck you could ever tell what stouts those are. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, they're all just different adjuncted stouts. I don't know why I would be so lost with this. Um, this, this picture is an absolute nightmare. It's going to give me, give me dreams. I can't handle that. I'll jump back to Max Max's post here in a second, but just some other places that Nick hit. I think he, what's the total he gets to in the end? Um, one twenty six, one twenty seven. This one's a funny name: Oat Cream Double IPA at Noodle Doof Brewery. Mm. Um, that's a good name. Uh, he's drinking some beer out of a Stein. Goes to the Flying Horse Brewery in Warnambool. Warnable. Um, Warnable, that's 127. Oh, our friend is Lulu, drinking cider in Kansas City. Very cool. I did not realize this cidery existed called Brick River. It's actually based in St. Louis. Uh, very, very cool stuff there. And the last one Nick had for the weekend was number 128. So it, just in this like period, I think we've gone from like 115 to 128. So this man is doing some fucking work. Drinking the Five Eyes IP at the Cheeky Pint in Footscray. So... Good lord, very good. I'm jealous. I want to go to all these places. Well, at least no, the good not ones. all no. these places. Just take me to the, just take me to the good ones. Yep, we'll um, be able to do that now. But one thing I just wanted to get at is I did. I am going to Washington D.C. tomorrow, and I asked Max Allotment if he had any favorites for me in Washington D.C. The man knows the East Coast, so uh, he mentioned Church Key and Pizza Paradiso. Good food at both. The only breweries I'd go out of my way for are other half and maybe right proper. Or you could head down to Aslan in Alexandria, Alexandria for top-notch gloop, maybe. Uh, or I can go up to Philly, which might be a little tricky, but we'll see. Uh, but I did pull up Church Key, and I will be going there. And I just wanted to, Tony, I'm going to post this draft menu. Uh, yep. Hell, I'll just, I'll just post it right there in the uh, old... Beer Chat Discord. Fucking oath. Um, Because it's pretty outstanding. Looking pretty amazing. Uh, If I can just uh, get this here. So here's... Here you go. So I don't know what I'm going to do here. There are so many good-looking loggers, first of all. Um, Between the Halfway Crooks stuff, the... um, some of the German uh, uh, things they have, they have the original Tipo pills on draft. Uh, then they have like monkish IPAs and uh, perennial IPAs. Not to mention they have a 10 degrees Play-Doh uh, Pilsner from Halfway Crooks. Um, 
there's so much great beer on here. So Blue Jacket, Eaton Rifle, I'm gonna, yep. Brown Porter on cask. I know this is gonna really. Oh, uh, it, and then and then and it's just like every style too. They have variants of perennial sump. They have barrel aged siren from England. They have Vale Sugar Stout, Coconut Vanilla Sweet Stout. Uh, they got Pesh Mortel Coffee, Pesh Mortel. So it's this is going to be this is going to be something else. Um, I'm very excited to check this place out, and I'm going to go tomorrow night. I think so. I'm pretty pumped. I just want to say I'm a big fan of how they've done their menu, and so they sort of start with broader categories like crisp. Mm. hoppy malt but then they break them down even further and sort of give a subheading to them like so you've got fruit and spice is a great example where most of them are bright except down at the very end there's one that's dark and i just think that's a great way of demystifying a menu for people that aren't as familiar as as you or i and it's a great way of directing people through a menu and um at their own pace I'm a big fan of, of how places like this actually present their menus. The, um, the, the crazy thing is how many, how, how variant it is, I, I think. And also I do like the menu layout. I think you're exactly right. Um, and it's not even all, I don't know. It's not even like all the loggers get shoved up to the top. There's loggers that fade down into the malt or into the smoke or into the fruit. Um, yep. Pretty interesting stuff. There are just like some classics on this list, though. I mean, the La Vermintois is like an amazing beer. <laughs> um, they have a Panapot, Struis. Uh, there's, um, I mean, Bell's Two Hearted is on draft. I mean, what can you say? Tilkin Goose 2019. Um, there's Jester King with Petit Prince. That's a great beer. Two, 2.9%. So yummy. Uh, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a tough uh, this is gonna be a tough evening for me. I'm, I'm glad I don't have to wake up till till eight thirty the next day. So but that's kind of, of a co- point. Not everything's as good as hell too. Not everything's ten percent. You can really chew through this list. You, you're not going to get it all. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you've got no, no, I can't pull that off. Yeah, but not everything's a ten percenter. Not not everything is is sugar stouts or or even big pills. It's like there's some really yep. um drinkable stuff that you can you can really just sit back and enjoy and have two I do suspect I, I will be drinking the wild yeast BA belligerent at some point though barrel aged barley wine that does yep it does seem like something I would order huh <laughs> it certainly does speaking right, about so thanks, some... to, uh, thanks to Max for that recommendation have we got anything else that we really need to cover in the Discord this week? Or did nah, nah, screw it. <laughs> well, it's Move just on. That, just that um, we just thought we'd put together a quick show and give Griff a bit of a break as he's um, he's in a full work mode. So uh, we'll curtail this week's Discord, but ready for next week where it's going to be a three-hour marathon going into full details of everything. Of course. But I tell you what we do have time for. Logger of the week. Chris Logger of the week. So, Chris. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go back into the 
two-week mode. It's just the best lager since we did this last. And yes. mine is, in fact, the Pills from Froenfeld Craft Brewery in uh, Brazil. Uh, I actually do not know what city in Brazil these guys are from. It, they are from Curitiba. Um, that's cool. This was poured off the Lucre faucet. It was well, wonderful. I hope they're not some of those uh, German Nazis that escaped um, from the Second World War. I thought they were in Argentina, was my understanding. They also but, made uh, it to I, Brazil, but yeah, they mainly okay. Argentina. Well, they brought they brought the, they brought some Pilsner malt with them or whatever, and some lagering capability. But uh, this was absolutely lovely. Um, it was uh, among the best loggers I've had all year. Um, if not the best lager, at least the most memorable, because it was hot as shit too. So this tasted amazing, but it was grainy, like bready, slight hop bitterness, perfect foam on it, uh, just wonderfully poured. And Tony, I'll give you. Why don't you give me an untapped rating on this beer, Froenfeld Bills eight hundred and thirty-six check-ins, six hundred ratings. Jesus, I have no four point nine percent. 40 IBUs. 3.82. Tony, this one is getting a 4.21. Wow. For Through the roof shit. Through the roof shit for um for the uh, Froenfeld pills. So, be amazing. Tony, you getting in any lager the last couple weeks? Hell yeah. All right. All right. What you got? You know I like my... Uh... Lagers? You know I like my dark lagers. Okay. I had a dark lager from Sailor's Grave Brewing. Um, I actually had a second can of it um, because it was that delicious. It's a, they just simply say, a Japanese black lager with Sancho pepper. It was delicious. 5% um, great traveler from the walk home from Mafco Brewing. Um, Really delicious beer. It was I think it's that when you put an adjunct in lager, it can often take over from a beer, but this was sort of the perfect dryness that you get from a dark lager with just like that, that pepper spice that um, came through. It wasn't, wasn't the chilli thing because there's no good chilli beers. Well, there's a handful of yeah, good chilli no. beers, but most of them suck ass. Not a lot. But this was really an outstanding beer, and I, I hope they re-brew it again. I think it's... One of their many one-off brews, but a uh, big fan of Hanabi by Sailor's Grave. All right, that's a win. Um, I'm glad you're back in on the lager drinking. We had a few weeks there. It was looking a little dicey. Well, so. It's not so much that I'm out on lager. It's just I'm having trouble finding it where I um, shop, and perhaps um, I should vary my my places where I purchase beer, but the, the issue is the shipping cost. You know this well in America, but... It is. Even more in Australia, it, it gets prohibitively expensive fast. So that's why I don't tend to do it. But I, I would like more varied lagers, don't get me wrong. Um, mm-hmm. And this was an outstanding beer. Uh, 18 check-ins. Did you want to take a guess at where it's rated? 18? Yes. Uh, 3.84. No, can't give it to you. 4.22. Nice. Jeez. Why not up? Amazing. All right, Tony, how about some non-lager beers?
All right, give it to me, Tony. What you got? Um, <laughs> you see, I've, I've, I've messed up because I had Hanabi as my beer of the week and then I realised it was actually a lager of the week. Um, oh, no. I'm going to go back to one that I didn't check in, but I just think it's a – because we had a couple of, like, stinking hot days and you just want something, especially when you're going to the brewery at, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I had sure. – Another one from Sailor's Grave. Their lemon meringue sour comes in at 3.5%. When it's on tap, it's a little bit yeastier than the canned product, or at least this variation I got was a little bit more yeast forward, and it was still fucking delicious. It's still a delicious beer that hot summer day, 3.5%, you can drink a shit ton of it, and I don't get sick of it. So that's going to be my beer of the week. Filler. Tony, I got too many to count here. I want to go. I'm going to go three different angles here. Okay. Um, honorable mention. Like it. Well, I guess I that would have to do four. Yes. I don't have four though. That's what I was expecting. So I'm just going to have to go three. Um. Uh. So this is uh. So they just released an imperial zombie dust, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> three Floyd's did, and so a benefit of being in. Chicago was that I got to try this. And? Uh, so Zombie Dust original type is 6.2%. Yep. This was Zombie Ice. It is 8.5%. Um, and it's just just like Zombie Dust. It's made with an ep- epic shitload of Citra Hops, uh, double pale ale, and I absolutely fucking loved it. I bought a six-pack of it uh, in Chicago. It is wonderful. Um, huge fan of Zombie Ice. What a, a can! Somewhere between a modern and a some somewhere not quite a throwback, but maybe a little bit of a throwback. Um, yep. as a as a style, a double pale. Yes, you. But do. man, is it wonderful! So that is a that is a fantastic uh, for for your my hop drinkers, for my IPA guys. You got to get your hands on that. That's an instant instant classic, I would say from from Three Floyds. So. As a man who's probably drank 100 zombie dusts in his life, at least, um, I, I, I salute this beer. It is a, it is a winner. Um, next up, I have to go stout because I, while I was in Chicago, I did drink a, I did get to pick up some beer I had bought many moons ago, as is, as I want to do. Yep. Uh, I bought beer a long time ago and had somebody hold on to it for me. This is Catch Hell by Half Acre. It is a barrel-aged stout with Saigon cinnamon and Madagascar vanilla. Uh, and it kicks ass. It's 14%. Uh, nice kind of barrel-aged pastry stout. Um, super duper yummy. Sweet, but very, very good. Tony, what do you think the rating is on this one? 2023 Catch Hell 365 ratings. 4.34? 4. 4.54. Okay. Um, that, one's a, that one's a monster. I got two cans left of that. That's a win. And then finally, I got to go funk. I had this yesterday. Uh, picked it up in Chicago for $8 for a, for a 16.9-ounce bottle, a.k.a. 500-mil bottle, of Dual Expression Barrel Fermented by Afterthought Brewery. This is a hoppy saison brewed with Citra and Simcoe hops uh, with extended fermentation and a Former Sauvignon Blanc barrels. Um, this is like a slightly tart, hoppy, um, say super dry as a bone saison, and it's amazing. And I cannot believe it is being sold for seven dollars and ninety nine cents at Binnie's. That's disturbing. 
but you say disturbing, but he kicks ass for me. Yeah. yeah. I, I, he could sell, I mean, I, and it's not even marked down. This is just what those beers sell for. Yep. And I, he could charge seventeen ninety nine. I don't know. I mean, maybe can't, maybe he, maybe he feels like he can't, I don't know, but, um, that beer is, is excellent. So it's affordable and I, I get it. Maybe it's, you know, they ferment so dry and they, um, I, I would guess maybe the, the malt, um, usage is not quite as like insanely huge. Uh, to make beers like that, but the inventory cost and the barrels and stuff, you got to wonder, like, I don't know. I don't know how they're pulling it off, but Afterthought, uh, you're one of the breweries I, I, I miss sneakily from Chicago. I just, I, I rarely think about them just offhand, because yep. like I do with Half Acre or Rev. And when I'm back and I'm buying beer, I'm always picking up some, because I'm like, yep. oh yeah, I love this shit. I got to buy this. Um, and it does kick ass. So. Shout out to those guys. All right, Tony. I guess that's about it for beers of the week. I can't. I can't possibly choose any more beers I liked. Well, I'm sure. You um, could. But <laughs> I could. Yeah, I was. In, I mean, I had a nice time. The, if Chicago is is cold and sometimes not fun to be in for work, but uh, I did manage to at least get my hands on some some killer beers. Yep. So. But let's move on. Why don't we move on and do a quick round of hyper beer nerd dork shit news? Hyper beer nerd dork shit news. All right, Tony, let's speed through these. Okay. Uh, I would be remiss to mention, as mostly because <laughs> Kilowatt sent me it, so I think I should be mad if I did not bring it up, that uh, Coors Light has introduced limited edition beer-flavored popsicles for the 2023 March Madness tournament. Oh, ours? Well, that's cool. They made a popsicle <laughs> for our beer tournament. That fucking rocks. Thank yep. you, Coors Light. Yeah. Um, they've released... Uh, Coorsicles for uh, only, don't worry, you have to be 21 years uh, and over and they're being sold at more than 800 bars throughout the country and you can order them online for $20. Now, there's either one or two things happening here. Do they know the results already and know that Coors have won the bracket contest or are they (laughs) trying to force our hand? This is... Now you're trying to bribe us. Yeah, and it's working. You're trying to bribe us. I, I like it. But I, do I, think, I would gladly, Coors, if Coors, you even send me one six-pack of yeah. these, I would actually consider just allowing you to win. Hey, that's $20 worth of value. That's right. Um, Tony, what, what do you think about a beer-flavored popsicle? Is this, this thing does not, see, my thought was it would be more. Did you want my um, honest opinion? Yeah. I hate sure. frozen Cokes. I hate cola-flavored popsicles. I think this is going to be even more ass than that. Um, yeah, they look like push pops. You remember you ever yeah. had push pops, Tony? Yeah, well, I, I think like... we would. They, are they like a zupa duper? I don't know what that is, but yeah, maybe. Let's look. Uh, super duper. Oh, I see. Yes, this yeah. is same idea. Yeah. Yeah. If these are yeah, they're somewhere between a push pop and an otter pop. It's sort of stuck in there somewhere, but yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. I mean, that's and that's what the Coors thing is. It looks um, bad. Uh, I do not want. I don't need this, but there is Dick Vitale holding one. Saying one of these Coors Light things, diaper dandies. Uh, so they're doing that. Twenty bucks if you want some twenty dollar popsicles. Uh, made of Coors, 
go for it. Um, if not, just go to, you can go to your local uh, Kroger and get a giant net. One of, they sell these things. Tony, uh, you don't know what Otter Pops are. I can't come up with a better way to describe them, but they're much like the Zuper Dupers. That they come in like a cheap, clear plastic. Yep. And it just looks like, if it's unfrozen, it just looks like juice. Yes. Yep. Um, they're like Kool-Aid. And you shove them in the freezer, and they freeze, and you hand them out at, like, Little League games when it's hot or yep. um, whatever. Stuff, you know, like Now, that. if you go onto the extreme, they, they just taste like have sugar. They have no flavor. But yeah. yeah. In Australia, because kids love them during the hot summers, they actually yep. have a Zupa Dupa koozie to put your, your popsicle in so your hands don't sure. get cold. Clever. Now, Tony, you can go. I'm sure they're cheap for you, too. You can go over to the Kroger. You can buy. Uh, they they sell these things in like the cheapest net bag, pretty much un, yep. unmarked with a barcode hanging off of it. Um, and they'll be in your freezer uh, or not because they don't need to be cold. It's just sugar water. And uh, you can buy them for I don't know, probably get fifty of them for a dollar eighty nine. You know. <laughs> Maybe some, maybe it's more. Maybe it's like two dollars eighty nine cents or three bucks. I don't know, but they're very cheap because it's like two ounces of, of blue, yeah. pretty much. It's not, there's no there's nothing to it. You know, it's yep. Uh, the Your plastic is, is the most expensive part of it, yep. right? Sugar, plastic, and the net bag and food um, coloring. Oh yeah, that's right. But I do um I you know when it's really hot out, those things are awful for you, but they do taste good. Yep. Not bad. Not bad. All right, Tony. Moving on. Uh, next up. Oh, Tony, you know I love these thrill list bits. You do. I've just All been right. checking it I've out. Been, didn't pass this up. So, thrill list, thank God, on St. Patrick's Day, uh, Serena Tara uh, revealed the uh, cities with the most and least expensive beer. Tony. Let's take a look at the top 10 cheapest. Holy Toledo, um, Batman. And Toledo, Ohio. The Glass City is number one, the cheapest. Draft beer on average, three and a quarter. Bottled beer, five bucks. You go down from there to El Paso. Um, you go to so El Paso, Tulsa, Wichita, Kansas. I've been there. Uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. Gilbert, Arizona. St. Pete. Lincoln, Nebraska, Glendale, Arizona. Yeah, you've been there. Jacksonville, Newark, Lubbock, Irving, Texas, and Chesapeake, Virginia. So there's a deep tie there because for at at tenth, everybody has five dollar draft and five dollar bottles. Yeah, and then there's a tight eighth and a tight fourth as well. So yeah, there's there's a few. So. Tony, I think we can summarize that list by saying it's a great list of places you don't really want to be. Um, but here's the interesting no thing. To Wichita or Tulsa uh, or, um, mm, well, I can't say anything nice about the other places. I guess Lincoln, sure. We'll give you that one. But um, what were you going to say, Tony? Uh, I was just moving on to the more expensive side of things. Mm. And the thing is, how does a place like Vegas rate? Because if you're on the strip in a corporate-run hotel, I'm sure you would be on the list for this stuff if you're buying it at a bar. But if you're outside of the strip, outside of the casinos, no way does Vegas get on the list. Spoiler alert, Vegas isn't on the list for the most expensive beers. But, like, 
how, how many places are they pulling from or how are they getting this information? Well, Tony, if you're, if you're buying a beer for $10 in Vegas, yes. uh, you either need to be at the Silver Stamp buying like Tilkin Goose on draft. Yep. Uh, or, or you need, or you're at, um, the man, the foundation room buying beer, I guess. Yep. I don't know, but you're making a bad decision. Uh, if you're doing not the second thing, right? Cause you, here's the thing with silver stamp. You can also go there and drink a $3 beer. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's weird. I would say, I don't know if Vegas would be on this list. Even if it were just the strip, sure. But I think you kind of average everything together, and it's pretty unlikely, not to mention the fact that you can just walk around with a bottle of beer from the grocery store. True. Um, I, forgot I think it has an element of con- of confusing this a bit. But uh, the most expensive are not surprising. It's just the most expensive places to be. Yep, New York, LA, US, New York, San Jose, LA. Honolulu. Honolulu is a very expensive place to be. San Diego, a place I'll be this weekend. Uh, Anaheim, Boston. Now, do you think Long Anaheim Beach. gets driven so up because on. of the Disneyland tax as well? Because beer in Disneyland is not fucking cheap. Tradition. I think Los Angeles, Anaheim, and Long Beach are just the same place. Subject subject to the same situations, I think. Yep. Um, San Francisco, Seattle, and Washington D.C. Uh, Washington DC used to be more expensive. Um, I, I thought, because I remember I had friends going there for work and being like, yeah, I went to bar Louie and drank a $16 blue moon. <laughs> I'm like, fuck <laughs> the fuck's going on out there. But I was looking at the menu for church key and nothing was really even made me blink. I mean, no, that uh, I, I mean, you can get a, I mean, a big monkish, the most expensive beers are the big monkish. Which yep. is a ten percent hazy triple, so twelve bucks for a thirteen ounce pour of that. That's not crazy. No, it's not cheap, but it's not crazy. And um, um, Dewey's Secret Machine baked Alaska fruited sour um, at fifteen dollars. Yeah, fifteen dollar gloop. So I mean, I just won't be. We're just gonna be passing on that. I'll never sleep again. Oh come on, fruited sour ale with raspberry chocolate vanilla and pistachios. Come on, forty eight degrees. I mean, I'd like all those. Taste 48 degrees. They serve it at 48 yeah. degrees. That's what that means. I worked that out. I, I don't know. It was 48 degrees. It'd be funny if it were 40. Yeah, that would be a strong beer. Um, uh, yeah, so gang, listen, if you go to Honolulu, expect to pay a lot for a beer. If you go to New York City, expect to pay a lot for doing almost anything. Uh, yep. Going outside, getting in a car, driving a car, uh, getting hunted by the Bounty Hunter. Eating, Eating food, buying a euro off the street—it's all not. They all ain't cheap in uh, in New York City. But hey, wait till they do this for the whole world. I mean, have you guys seen what a beer costs in fucking Oslo? It's like eighteen dollars. I mean, <laughs> yep, and certain crazy. places in Sydney and Melbourne are not far behind, but they're more one-off places. Even with our right. beer tax, we're still pretty reasonable. So I suppose All what right, people Tony. were waiting here for was the tournament and they think um, the tournament's gone missing. We've misrecorded it. We've had a recording failure. We haven't. Griff's been busy with work. Uh, he's, he's probably done the work for the bracket. In fact, I, I know he's done the work for the bracket. It's ready. But, but we're going to give him a break um, and we're going to continue with the beer engine style of having our tournament finish way later than the uh, 
the much lesser tournament that involves basketball. We're going to finish nice and late, and we're going to continue the Tony, tournament next Tony week. wants to go play poker, because I'm ready. I got it. It's here. <laughs> if you want to do I it... Know, I know the score. <laughs> no, we can do it next week. It's fine. It's, yeah. it's ready to go, though. I got it. Okay. Well, Griff's done his work. I want to see if I can get some more money out of these guys. Um, but mm. It's been great chatting with you again. I missed the week off. Um, I, it was it was um, unusual to have a week off with this show. With the other show, mm. not so uh, unique to have yeah, a week off. You take a week off every week or two. Yeah, but this isn't going to become a regular thing. Griff says he's right for a while. I'm excited to get back into it, especially now that Mafka were moments away from getting a beer in the keg and getting it on tap. So <laughs> Jesus, take even, forever for them to make beer. I know. Uh, regulations in Australia, they're, they're pretty mm. tough. I think they're trying to get through the local council. Um, but, um, yeah, he was very disappointed right. in his first couple of brewers just dialing in the machine, just purely based on flavour. Uh, underwhelmed well, in his flavour. And this is from the brewer himself, so. Don't lose any money. That would be a real shame. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, all right, cool. Well, uh, Tony, I guess just tell everybody where they can get a hold of us anyways. Yeah, they, they can find us on Untapped. I've got to do a better job. I've had more beers than, than what I've checked in on Untapped. And you are Griff I'm AD back, on Untapped. Yeah, yeah. And you've actually been doing a magnificent job at checking in beers. Mm. Um, and I'm St. Moz. On Untapped, and as far as I know, that hasn't been hacked. Unlike my Discord, um, you can also find us in other places. Um, so Instagram's a great place, especially with Griff doing all the heavy listening there. That's at Beer Engine Pod. You can send us an email, beerengineshow at gmail.com. But what we really want is those sweet, sweet dollars, or as the Simpsons would say, if they're doing an Australian episode, sweet dollary doos. And you can give us a tip at ko-fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast. That was perfect. a long outro because I babbled there. I apologize. I'll stick the landing next time. No, I was I looking at all the check-ins from my hotel in Brazil at what <laughs> people were checking in in the hotel. Very curious. Very curious outcomes here. Interesting stuff. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess we'll do this again next week where we will have the East bracket of the tournament. Um, spoiler alert, a lot of these breweries make hazy IPA. So there's going to be some crazy numbers Fuck. getting thrown around in uh, next week's. It's uh, going to be yo-yo because there's going to be some breweries that you think are going to write well, but they've got so much crap that they put out that's going to drag down this girl. Oh. It's going to be wild. All this right, it'll be, be wild. Nice. All right, gang. We'll be back next week uh, with some more of this stuff. I see you. Bye bye. Say something in Portuguese for us. Like uh, Tabom. That's it. That's Say all. Say something got. in Chicago and. Uh, hey, give me a Polish sausage. <laughs>